Uh, turning back to Ottawa, there is a very interesting review that is happening uh, that is mandated. Uh, since the legalization of marijuana back in 2018, when the Liberals lifted this century-long prohibition of recreational use, uh, they uh, did that with a provision that they would review the law three years later after it came into force. Now, that law, that review rather, is one year overdue. I'm assuming partially because of the pandemic and everything that has happened in the last two and a half years has delayed everything, including this review. Um, but they did stipulate that they are going to impact now the, uh, the investigate the impact rather of legalization on public health, on youth consumption, on indigenous peoples, on communities, as well as the ability to legally grow cannabis in homes, uh, which a lot of people, even I know in my own circle, have been doing legally uh, since this uh, since it did become legal back in 2018. Now, this review is going to take place. Uh, they also want to see what impact uh, legalizing uh, marijuana has had on the illicit black market. Uh, to break this down and what this review could mean, uh, we're joined by Mitchell Osak. He's the CEO of Quanta Consulting. Welcome to the program, Mitchell. Pleasure, Rubina. Uh, this review is a year overdue. Um, what is your reaction? Uh, you know, after after three, four years, are they going to, uh, do you think that they can do a fulsome review of really what the legalization of marijuana, how it's changed um, our use in this country, and whether it's uh, been a force of good? Uh, no, they can't. So they're a year late and four um, objective panel members short. So right off the bat, they are they will be starting, but they're not having their full complement of, uh, of reviewers. That's the first point. The second important point to note is that public consultations, where people like you and I, as well as industry, can weigh in, that only lasts for 60 days. And those consultations are only through answering a questionnaire online um, or mailing something in. So from my perspective, considering the myriad of problems plaguing this industry and the hot-button uh, critical issues that have to be dealt with very quickly, um, I think the government is coming up short here. And there are some reports coming out are showing some of the negative impacts of legalized uh, marijuana. A recent study by SickKids Hospital uh, here in Toronto and the Ottawa Hospital found that there has been more than six-fold increase in hospitalizations across Canada for cannabis poisoning among children under the age of 10. Um, you know, I've seen the packaging that some of the cannabis comes in. It's quite friendly looking. And I can see why a child might think that it's candy or it's something that's delicious uh, to eat. Do you think that this is going to, to, to hurt the review to make their case that legalization is something that should the laws should remain as they are? Well, I've got two children of my own and I'm all for responsible use and, and safety and, and proper access. I'm not sure of the packaging that you look at but I can tell you, um, if it's uh, legal packaging, it was probably highly child-resistant and didn't have a lot of branding on it, and so on and so forth. So the two studies um, that you refer to have recent, recently been published, agreed, but their findings go back and predate well before cannabis legalization in Canada. So people in the industry, myself included, have a lot of concerns with the accuracy and the veracity 
and the credibility of those particular studies. Also, I'll just say, when you put it in the context of, of other sort of vice products in Canada, and I'll include tobacco in that, as well as alcohol, cannabis is far more benign from a child's safety perspective and from a societal perspective than any of those two vice products. So I, I think that, you know, politically, um, the government will make an issue out of those two studies. But realistically, um, cannabis legalization from a health and safety standpoint has been an overwhelming success for Canadians. We're speaking to Mitchell Osaki, CEO of Quanta Consulting, and one of the most respected uh, leaders when it comes to consulting in cannabis uh, about this review that it was supposed to take last uh, take place last year of uh, legalized cannabis in the country and uh, what changes has happened. One of the things that the government really did uh, talk about was how much money this was going to bring in uh, into into uh, through taxes. Um, has that happened? Have we seen an increase in revenue for Ottawa? Well, the biggest winners, if you look at who are the most profitable organizations in cannabis are, they are all the government, provincial government wholesalers um, that are affiliated with the cannabis industry. And that would include like the Ontario Cannabis Store, as well as the other provincial wholesalers across Canada. There are, there are virtually no cannabis companies, whether it's a, it's a cultivator um, or a, um, a, a manufacturer of edibles or anyone who are involved in the cannabis production are making money. And this is one of the, the major critical issues I talked about a couple of minutes ago that the government really has to address. The cannabis economy in Canada last year, according to some estimates, generated $43 billion in economic activity. And the sad reality is the companies driving a lot of that economic activity are not making money and, in fact, are in danger of going out of business um, in the next 12 months. So, Mitchell, what has to change in order for to make this um, to, to make uh, the cannabis industry profitable, profitable for those who work in it and also a boon for for Ottawa so that it brings in that tax revenue uh, that that's going to help all Canadians, whether they're users or not? How much time do we have to go into this on this interview? <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'm going to give you a good minute and a half, Mitchell. Okay. Okay. And I'll take less because you'll probably want to answer, uh, give me some follow-on questions. So the three hot button areas for me, and I'm again, I want to reiterate, I'm all for health and safety and reasonable consumption, but I also believe in a vibrant industry that employs tens of thousands of Canadians and billions of dollars of capital. I think that's also important as well. So what would I do? I would reduce or eliminate the onerous excise tax burden that is plaguing, plaguing every licensed producer in Canada. In some cases, that the, the excise tax is $1 of up to $4 of a, of a sale price of a gram, gram of cannabis. So licensed producers are effectively paying a 25% tax. I don't know too many industries in Canada that pay that kind of tax rate from a corporate perspective. Number two, if you've purchased cannabis in a, in a legal store, you'll see the, the highly regulated, highly restrictive packaging and the, and the difficulty of bud tenders and, and, and retail workers to really describe the health and wellness benefits of the product. That's a major issue because what typically happens now is that people buy on the basis of THC levels, 
which is the psychoactive. Uh, so in reality, they're buying the most potent product, and a bud tender is unable to tell them exactly what they ought to be doing be purchasing because of restrictions around branding. The third area I think that needs to be addressed is the onerous and the difficult regulatory costs around running a cannabis business in Canada. I understand four years ago it was the right way to do it, but it's become highly restrictive, highly expensive from a compliance perspective. It's time to take the foot off the brake a little bit. Yeah, it has been very interesting uh, t- uh, watching uh, the whole debate is from many years ago start, then the legalization of cannabis and how available it is, how normalized it's become. And now with this review that's happening, how we can reap the benefits of it, how we can financially reap the benefits of it. And you gave a lot of good uh, good suggestions there, uh, Mitchell, you being the expert in this in this industry uh, for what we can do. I mean, it's still a very new industry. I still, I still think... They're finding their feet as to how it's actually going to operate in this country. Um, but I'm sure we'll have you back on once this review becomes available uh, to get your take on what you think of those uh, findings. Mitchell, thank you so much for joining the program. Thank you very much. Have a great night. That was Mitchell Ozak. He's the CEO of Quanta, Quanta rather Consulting and uh, one of the leads uh, in the cannabis industry cons- as a consultant uh, and knows more about it than most of us. Uh, Wood talking about what he thinks should happen with this review and what the government should be looking at and the changes that they have to make. One of the things being these prohibitive taxes for those people who work in this industry and how it's making it impossible for them uh, to run their business. I'm Rubina Ahmed Huck, and this is On Point.